welcome back to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the podcast that comes at you from the roasty toasty eastern side of Washington. 100 plus all week long, Margo. I, you and I got the news today. I think I just need to switch my temperature to Celsius so it just seems... It feels better. Reasonable. I literally was in my closet looking at go, I wonder if I should wear shorts today. I wonder what it's like. I, I hadn't been outside really. I got out and got the paper. It's a safe bet until October. Oh, dude. I pulled it up. I was like 100% forecast of shorts and flip-flops for the whole week. So <laughs> going to be doing some laundry this week, y'all. And uh, hopefully it gets a little less roasty-toasty inside our building. We have yep. repairs on the horizon if you've been meeting with us on Sunday and saying, you know what? I'm just, I'm giving up. I'm wearing a swimsuit next week. And you should see the setup we have currently in the podcast recording room. We brought up an old air conditioner from the basement and I duct taped the hose to the vent in the ceiling. And it was, it was a balmy 74 in here when we finally got in here. I think it's immediately risen <laughs> back like up 80 to 80. already. <laughs> we had to turn it off because it's too loud for the podcast. Maybe it would lull you to sleep. And I was like, sleep. I was hoping we could just like time it right, you know, like wear this thing out, like talk real fast and then finish by the time it was like 79. It is. It's kind of like being played off the Oscar stage. Like the temperature rises and yeah. we're like, I got to go. Yeah, we got to go. This the, <laughs> Next week, this episode is going to be like five minutes long. It's going to be the best short episode ever. But, but we had a we had a great week and uh, we had drinks or drinks this week. Probably our most concentrated effort into a single day. Is it safe to say we probably do way more planning for drinks or drinks than we do even for Christmas or Easter? Maybe, yeah. There's just a lot more logistics though. A lot of a lot of moving, moving parts. parts, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's just little things. But man, we had a a ton of people come out Friday night. So awesome! Thank you for spreading the word and telling your friends and and some of you coming as well. Um, we uh, I th- I think then that number had to be between. Three, three fifty, four hundred. I mean, I don't know I'd what it was. I'd say four hundred easily. Yeah, okay. Let's come through the door at some point. Probably not all there at one given time, but like at some point in the night, uh, four hundred people come through the door. Which, if you're not familiar, last year we probably had around one hundred fifty. Yeah. So that's a huge, right. huge jump. You drop the the entry fee, you know, in half, and people show up. It's weird. It's weird how <laughs> math works. Uh, but and we also had a lot more local bands, and that back area we took over the alley that was and, my favorite part and did outdoor stage this first year we've ever done an outdoor stage out there and i'm kicking myself for not having done that previously because it was like the coolest concert experience i've ever been to it in felt the like a speakeasy like yeah <laughs> just because of the way we're laid out it's not easy to get back there so like you round this like creepy alley and then all of a sudden it's food trucks and lights and beautiful acoustic music and the night the weather was absolutely perfect for that um, it was actually a cooler day in general, which actually made it was only ninety that day, and it dropped. That, it's supposed to drop down to like fifty three. Anyways, we're so we're so weather oriented right now, um, but uh, no, it was just a really cool, fun event. We raised over six thousand uh, dollars for that event and rising and rising. People are continue to donate. Yeah, and, and so if you were there that night, or if you just want to track um, the income or the campaign in general. Our recommendation would be to go to the drinksfordrinks.com website, click on the check out the campaign page. It'll take you directly to our charity water campaign page where you can see like objectively, this is not like 
oh, Brent and Margot said that they raised this much money. This is how much money has been given from us, but also from a lot of people who attended. Uh, and if you will donate even just something as, as little as $1, what that does is it gets you on the email subscription list. They kick out emails over the next 21 months talking about where your money's going to go to. So they, And they, you get a GPS location. You can like take a satellite Google Maps tour of where your well is. It's they, pretty cool. They send you the country at first. Uh, then they send you, once the well is built, they'll send you pictures, GPS location, images, satellite, all, all kinds of really cool stuff. Here's a, here's a little bio on the people uh, in this village and how long they've been without water, how long they've been traveling to do this, how, what the expectation is of hours saved in terms of walking. It's worth a dollar, guys. It's amazing. It's worth more than that. So And you can write off that dollar yeah, on your ton of next absolutely. taxes. Right. If you remember to save the receipt for a dollar, <laughs> then you're a better person than me, but... Anyways, super fun event, and uh, I, I'm not committing for sure to doing it next year, but I don't know. We'll see. It, it's you it's a lot of work. It. I say no, and then by the time, all right, yeah. like the week after, you're like, man, that's just a ton of effort. I mean, like I, I was exhausted all weekend, um, but then I'm sure like, you know, m- you know, March, January, March starts coming along, and I'm like- and you get the itch. I get the itch. I'm like, well, let's do this thing. Let's take this thing over. And it really is um, for- a fantastic cause. And one of the reasons it succeeded so well was the local talent that we had. We, we did bring a couple of bands in from Seattle, but a lot of the talent, we had five different, or seven different acts total, five of them all from the Tri-Cities. And obviously that draws people in, and then just the excellence in what they were doing, just had a lot of fun doing that. Did you make it into the podcast room at all? Did you go see Vanilla Sunday? I I was selling drink tickets from... Yeah, I know. We were... <laughs> You and I got roped into the uh, yeah, to the, the, the fray the fray at the beginning. I think I was able to leave my post at like ten thirty, and then that's when I grabbed Matt and dropped him off at home. And yeah, came back. Uh, it was awesome. They did a great job in that room. So hopefully, uh, if you're into podcasts and you're looking for another one, um, I don't know when they're going to post it, but they recorded a live podcast for it's Vanilla Sunday. You can find them on iTunes. Like the day of the week, not the then dessert they, item. Correct, and they post their um, podcast on Sunday, and so. Uh, I'm on one of those. They had me come in and, and record it, and it was playful banter, a lot of fun. And uh, so check it out. Check them out, too. But, yeah, anyways. So what did you good. do to recover? That's the that's the next step. Well, that's the funny thing is, I mean, we had an event the next day in the theater, so it there was almost no recovery. You and I were both here at 9 o'clock Saturday morning. I mean, I think I got home at 2 and then back here at 9, and we were um, scrambling because they're coming in. We didn't want them to have sticky beer floors yeah i mean (laughs) smells like ipa or whatever so we were scrambling to clean everything up and then you actually stayed the whole day and helped out with that event too um so for another great cause yeah so So it was just a a crazy week what what do we do we went to the park after cleanup and got to go on on the snyder's jet skis and that i've uh yeah uh it was it was great and we found a really cool like beach spot which is awesome like i didn't know about it and i've lived here for how many years and there's like a little spot. I'm, I, I can't. I shouldn't even say where it is. I don't want to lose this spot, guys. There's a really nice spot <laughs> with shade. To, donate to drinks or drinks, and maybe, maybe. Right, if right it, yeah, if we if we hit what eight grand, I'll reveal the, the cool beach spot, and you're gonna be like, I've known about that for years, and I'll be like, I but then I'm an idiot. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's awesome. So yeah, and then we're here. We're back in the office today. So me and Matt recovered. We went and saw a movie, which. I've talked about this before. It's a big deal for my husband. He hates going out to the movies, which I'm like, it is all of the best things about being a lazy American, like giant screens, loud noises, stuff in your face with 
empty calories. And now the sofa chairs that recline back. Well, so the movie that we wanted to see was only playing at the AMC, formerly Carmike Theater. Mm. So it was old school. It was your like swivel theater seat. Yeah. No, no. So, but we sat in front of the bar, the Almighty Bar, so you could put your feet up on the Perfect. bar. Perfect. You know what I'm talking Smart. about? Smart. That's about it. But yeah. it was great. We saw the Mr. Rogers documentary. Awesome. So many feels. Yeah. People warn me, like, it's a, you're going to feel all like the, the feels. like the one movie I would actually want to see right now. I like, don't think I've ever seen a documentary in theaters. So yeah. that was the first for me. Like, I love them, but I'd usually just catch them on HBO or Netflix. And it was wonderful. Yeah. Like, oh man, like he really just, like you're getting, I feel like half the reason you get emotional is that they just paint this picture of him. Like, I feel like most people understand that Mr. Rogers was like a saint among mere men. Yeah. But as they, the more of this picture that they paint, the more of their heart that they reveal, and he reveals because they have old interviews and stuff, it just, you just want to start weeping because you're like, he was, he's gone too soon. Like, you're almost like, I still need Mr. Rogers in my life. Like, <laughs> children still need, this this hero campaigning for them and fighting for them instead of some of the trash that's on so TV. So my kids found Mr. Rogers recently. I think once the documentary was announced, Kylie was like, "Oh yeah, I should probably introduce these kids to Mr. Rogers." Uh, and I can't remember. I think they might have found it on like PBS Kids on the Apple TV or something like that. Anyways, and they only want to watch this one episode. Like we're like, "There's more. There's tons of episodes." And like, "No, we want to watch the goldfish one. Something about a goldfish. He saves a goldfish." I don't even know. It's an old school one. Like it's very grainy and obviously early on the puppets were crap and all that kind of stuff. Puppets but, didn't change much. It's just, yeah, yeah that's you true. get to see them in uh, color. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they, they love, it. they love that one, which is hilarious because it's not fast moving and loud and loud noises and fart noises like they usually get on all their well, other shows. Well, that's like kind of what he was going against. He's like, right. there's all these shows for just straight up entertainment. And he says like, essentially a lot of these shows demean human dignity because it's always like a pie in the face and someone falling downstairs and uh, he tried to walk children through the serious emotions that they face. Like he covered topics like, um, like he he did a whole week on grief. So five episodes. One like what when my pet dies, when you know my grandma dies, and he like he did one on assassination because this is like during the sixties and seventies mm-hmm. when you had like the Kennedys and all this stuff. He actually did a little bit on nine eleven too. They had him come back and do like a quick little PSA. But I don't know. Like I just. I f- like it's almost like child psychology on TV because he's telling kids how to deal with like he says kids feel emotions on the same scale. Like I think we just think because they're little that like if I feel ang- if I can feel anger on 100, a child can feel it maybe on a 50. And he's like, no, like that's really not the case. Yeah. And kids just don't you teach them ABCs and one, two, threes, but you don't teach them how to process the feelings of life and so like he stopped his show one of the reasons he came back maybe this was a spoiler documentary is like this is when um superheroes really started taking over television shows and kids were getting hurt from jumping off decks thinking they're superhero like superman and so he did a whole like two weeks on superheroes and like the difference between make-believe and real life and like but like this was a concern to him and he was i don't know he was just such a champion of of kids and did you get a visual on his tattoos? I mean, that's the... It's a lie. No, is it really? It's a, he, was nev- he never had tattoos. He never was in the military. He, oh. was, he was an ordained Presbyterian pastor, though. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the that's the and big rumor the whole time was he always wore the long sleeve shirts because he had tattoos. So one, like sleeves. They actually addressed it and they made this really poignant remark saying like, "There's all these things that oh, he was a." He was uh, a Marine and he had all these tattoos. He's like, people, he's like, I feel the, the guy that was talking about it said, I feel that people make up these stories because they need, they need some excuse for like, how did he turn out to be this gentle soul? He must've come from like this violent period in his life or he must be Yeah, like you can't be gentle away. the whole time. And like he talked about how people thought that he was gay and all these things just because like they've never seen masculinity represented like yeah. he was. And I don't know, it was just... It was powerful. It was wonderful. 10 out of 10 would definitely recommend. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I feel like everyone should watch Best it. Best movie you've seen since dot, dot, dot. It's just on another level because I feel like yeah. I loved Mr. Rogers and I felt like I was watching a biography on my grandpa. Just yeah. like I have this emotional connection to him. So. Kylie and I started the uh, Robin Williams documentary the other night um, and it I, does feel soon. It feels like... They don't have enough time to uh, let it... Oh, yeah. Like... It feels like it just, I mean, it's been four years, right? I We were painting the theater um, when my phone buzzed in my pocket and I pulled it out and I was like, oh my word, Robin Williams just died, you know? And I remember, I remember <laughs> downstairs right in front of that, the wall of the Uptown, history of the Uptown wall. Um, and uh, I, I do remember that. And now watching it, it still feels fresh. Whereas Mr. Rogers feels like it's he's been off the air. So tell me about it. You know, like there's like that healthy enough distance now where all the research has been done. So, but it, um, all that to say, it's been really good. It's like two hours long, and and we watch it at night right before bed. And documentaries don't tend to like keep me awake all that long. You know what I mean? <laughs> you probably should watch them when you're more awake. So it's been like a two night effort and we're probably two thirds of the way through. Um, so I cannot give like full recommendation yet, but um, I really enjoyed the insights on it so far. So yeah, crazy. Good stuff. Well, um, I uh, would love to talk. So we, we just kicked off a two part series. Uh, Margo just finished three, three week series in, in the first part of July and then uh, every year I've had an opportunity to try and bring in at least one of our external elders. Um, we operate from an internal board here at the church. We have five internal elders. Uh, I'm one of them. Um, uh, but then we have, uh, yeah, some other ones that make like the major decisions of the church. And then there's also two guys that we uh, approach who are pastors of churches bigger than us. They're your phone a friend. They're my phone a friend. If, if we're like stuck or if we're doing this or if, uh, if I need a little word of encouragement or something like that, they're the, they're the guys we call and be like, hey, this is, we're struggling here. What, do you, what would you do in this sense? Or here's what we think we're going to do. You know, not do you approve, but what are we missing? What's our blind spots? What are we not thinking of if we're going to go this route? Um, so uh, Jeremiah is in uh, St. Paul. Well, he's in St. Michael, Minnesota, but it's like really close to St. Paul. So I just say St. Paul. Uh, and then Kenosha, Wisconsin, Dave Nelson. Dave spoke this week via video. Uh, and then Jeremiah is next week. I filmed message for uh, them. So they're showing my video as well this week. So time to just write. I actually asked the people and we'll see if they respond. They showed, Jeremiah showed mine this week. And so I, I told them, hey, I would love to hear how Jeremiah introduced me. If you could email me at Brent at East Lake Tri Cities so that I know how to introduce Jeremiah next week. Because oh, if he's like, that's funny. here's just some guy I know, right? <laughs> then then that changes my my introduction for him. So, anyways, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, no, he uh, so kind of two standalone messages that are not going to be uh, all that related in terms of content and material. Uh, but uh, Dave had a chance to talk to us about. Uh, when you're stuck from where you are to where you want to where you want to be, like this idea of a desert type of living, um, 
uh, went through the the life of the story of, of Moses in the Old Testament, um, who kind of was exiled away from kind of his home uh, where he grew up in and the, the privileged home that he was in. Uh, and then God calls him to come back after 80 years and, and take these people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And there's like the drama in between there. And is there anything about that story that kind of stood out to you that, that you didn't know? Like for me, here's, here's the one part that I, I, I knew. I knew that they had looked at manna and said, like, what is this? Like, we don't even know what this is. Uh, and then they complained in the desert a ton, which, you know, you would if you had the same thing over and over every day. And I remember uh, Moses saying, I didn't sign up for this. Like, this is not... I ain't your mama. <laughs> I ain't your mama. I don't want to I, I don't want to do this. Like, I got my own issues, man. I, I feel like uh, that would be the stress of the politics, the the political world. Like I've never had really any desire to go into politics because Just trying to make everyone happy is exhausting. Exhausting. And I got my own problems and I got I gotta deal with my stuff. You know what I mean? Um so then uh God's response in that that he says, Is my is my arm too weak? Like are you doubting me? And and I wonder if that was like a, a verbal like he heard this in the clouds or if this was like Moses thinking through this stuff and all of a sudden after, you know, you know how you like vent, even if it's like not to God, but like to, to people, right? Like to your spouse or your significant other or whatever. And you get shouting and screaming and then you just you storm away and you get in your car and you drive and you think through like the logistics of it. And not, it's not that you regret saying those things because those are just genuine emotions that you're going through. Um, but like, then you begin to like ask yourself the question, uh, you know, but do they, but, but I know that they care. Like I feel in this moment that they don't, but I know that they do. And like a, a healthy dose of reality, it doesn't solve the equation. It doesn't mean like, and then Moses walked out of his tent and there were buckets of fish outside of his, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not, it's not an immediate resolution, but it's a shift in the mindset of, I, I, it's okay to complain. It's fine to vent but I also need to live with a dose of reality of kind of where I'm at. And I thought that that was a, a significant part of the story that I, I just don't get to. I think I stop at the complaining and laugh at the irony of these people who have nothing and then God's blessing them. And then they just, you know, they're not happy. I'd rather be back in slavery than yeah. deal with our limited food choices. Yeah, exactly. And the rose colored insights into, well, at least back in Egypt, we had this. Well, yeah, but you, you were in slavery. Like you didn't do what you wanted to do. I mean, I, I get that you ate food, but let's be honest. It, it's not as good as you're painting it out to be. You know what I mean? You're overlooking a lot to get there. Um, so anyways. But I feel like um, maybe uh, something I wish you maybe sit, sat on a little bit longer is that really what it comes down to is like the expectations versus reality because they expected like God showed up in like huge, big flashy ways to get him out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. So you're just expecting that like the rest of this story is going to be that big continues like that and flashy and like miraculous, like in a, in a big way, not in a subtle way. Uh-huh. And what happened is the second they got to the de- desert, the, the miraculousness of what was going on became much more subtle. Yeah. A lot <laughs> like, more steady pace, a lot more like your plug, shoes never running away. out and, mm-hmm. you know, like never getting holes in them and things like that. Like people don't, they're not catching that. They would catch like, oh, a frog started falling from the sky and like things. So I think that's hard for people to sometimes notice the subtleness of what God's doing in their life. Um, And when we get really frustrated thinking like, God, I thought you were making things better and now it just seems like 
I'm like stuck in between chapters of like greatness and crap, like what's going on. Mm -hmm. And you miss the subtleness of God working in that season. Um, I feel like a lot of people get discouraged in that. Uh, In another sermon series I'm listening to that just ended last week, remind me of it. The series is called um, uh, Nowhere, uh, which if you like, because of the way the English language looks like, you can actually divide nowhere into the words now here. Like, so instead of feeling like I'm nowhere in life, like, It'd be like, there's something in this season. Now I'm here. What, what, what's yeah. here for me? Sure. Yeah. That's no, good. So it made me think a lot about uh, that sermon and that tie-in. I think it's hard. It's definitely something you have to cultivate. It's something you have to be intentional about to learn to uh, appreciate what's going on in this season. Like, yeah, they they were living out of a suitcase and had limited food options and all these things. But, I mean, they weren't getting whipped and beaten anymore. And then when they get to the promised land, they're going to have to go back and take up normal jobs and you know so many other responsibilities of maintaining a house and building a homestead and like so there's there's hardships in every season but i just feel like they get magnified when start missing the subtleness and provision of god yep and i think that that long in between period is a, a bigger a much larger makeup of life than the exciting dynamic f- features of life do you know what i mean like it's fun to buy a car, like to get the keys to sign the papers. As much as you like say, oh, I, I hate that process or whatever. But it's a rush. It's a rush. It's emotional. And then there's five years of just making payments, right? That you're like, that's not as exciting. I don't get the same thrill watching that buying be automatically new, debited tires out of my account. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, or buying a house. Like it's exciting to get keys and closing dates and all that stuff and moving in as much as moving socks, right? And making like, it Ugh. your own and then it is your own and then... And then you're like, oh, this is a 30-year mortgage. Like I'm only going to sign like one or two of these in my life if I ever draw this out fully. You know what I mean? If I if I didn't refinance or didn't sell or do that. Like that's crazy. That's Those are long periods of just like nothingness. And we... At first, I think sometimes we're like, oh, I just want stability. Oh, because when life's been crazy, I'm just like, I just want to go home. I just want to sit on the back patio and do this. And then you get there and you do that. And then I think- I want to go on an adventure. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then you get restless and you're like, I want more excitement in my life. I want more of this or that. And uh, um, in Moses, I think we see this story, this picture of a guy who for years and years, it was just obedience and faithfulness, obedience and faithfulness, obedience. And, and this comes back probably, uh, not intentionally, but- to the message that you did the other day, like this, um, the, the older brother mentality, should you not reward obedience and, and faithfulness? I mean, surely at least that had to cross Moses' mind. But we are skipping the fact that I think a big part of the reason why the Israelites were in the desert for a long time is like the second God got them out of Egypt, they messed up big time. Sure. They yeah. weren't faithful and yeah. obedient. Like he skipped that part of the narrative where they built the golden calf to worship and all this stuff. Yep. And, yep. and I think uh, if you were to uh, look at the history of them, like wh- what I think he's doing, I don't know if it's punishment as much. Like, I don't know if God would, would meet out like 40 years of wandering for this and, one thing. And also biblically 40 years can, is also symbolic. Who knows if it was actually 40 years. Yeah, a long yeah. period of time for them. Uh, it could, could have it felt like 40 years or whatever. Um, but like when also, you say the other day, it's not always the other day. Like uh-huh. Usually it's not. <laughs> yeah, all. exactly. Even even in today's terms, we, we, we do that. But um, 
it's a retraining of their mindset. I'm, I'm retraining you from a slavery type mindset to something different. And that just doesn't happen overnight. Right. I mean, that's, it's hard to rewire, to depend on God and trust in God. It's hard to rewire your eating habits in, in today's life. You're like, I ate a salad today. I'm a good eater. Well, no, you're not. You chose a salad today. Good job. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do at 7 p.m. when the, the sweet tooth comes out? <laughs> it's going to be a lot longer for you to be like, I'm a genuinely like good eater. I'm trying to train you to be a good eater. And it, it's not going to be, well, I'm going to do this cleanse for 18 days. That's really great. You should do that. That's I mean, talk to your doctor, you know, subliminal messages, all whatever I need to say to make it legal. But <laughs> what I'm saying is to actually change that into being like I, I make this choice for myself, not because I'm doing a challenge or doing this because that's just who I am. I don't know how long that takes. It's probably different for a lot of people. It just, I here's what I know. It takes a long time. And it took the Israelites a long time to, to change their hearts and to yeah. make, you know, having God be your foundation a real thing to them. Yeah. It's really cool that you trust me when I do all these amazing plagues. Are you going to trust me when I'm just like faithful in the small things? Are you going to trust me not because of what I can do for you, but because of who I am, right? Because if, if you trust me because of what I do for you, then all you're I am is like me. this beneficiary. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm just like the rich dad that you're trying to stay in favor with. And I don't want to be that. I mean, like I'll do what it takes to get you out of slavery, but that's not what I want to be long-term for you. So um, yeah, it's good. That's really good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of a good resource. Uh, you got anything, if, if somebody was interested in following up more with this specifically the Moses portion of like the history of, of Israel. Do you have any books or resources that you would think of? Probably have not spent as much time with Moses as I should just because you know, I feel like he's everywhere and I try to look more into like what's Hosea up to? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, man, I'm trying to think. I know Joseph, uh, Bruce Filer does a walking the uh oh i'm gonna mess up the title right now walking in you the footsteps of, right, so. yeah, it's bruce feiler for sure f-e-i-l-e-r uh walking the footsteps of jesus or walking the footsteps of moses he does a, a bunch of like narrative not narrative but like historical here's what the here's what the sinai exodus would have looked like and felt like here's the the landscape and the the because if that was interesting for you, if you watch the message or listen to the message on Sunday or listen you're to the podcast, the visuals. And you're like, oh, he uses maps. Brent never uses maps. Brent, you should use maps more. Um, maybe that's true. I don't know. I don't know where he gets, Dave gets his cool maps. Maybe he makes them. But um, I would check out the Bruce Filer stuff because those are easy, fun reads that are kind of insightful for some of that picture into that world. So cool. All right. Um that's great. I think that's it for, for our kind of recap discussion on the talk from Sunday. So let's jump into our something interesting. Uh, do you want me to go first or you go first? Well, you built yours up, so I'm going to go first so that, you know, mine isn't this huge letdown. Oh, mine's, <laughs> I, I built it up, but only because I didn't have anything prior to it. And then I found it. And I was like, okay, this is good. But all right. Yeah, yeah. You can go so first. Amazon is pretty crafty. Uh, when you put something on your wish list and it goes on sale, it notifies your phone. So I've had this book in my wish list for forever and a day. It's this book called The Atlas. Yes, me too. I've had this on my oh, wish list. It's called The Atlas Obscura, O-B-S-C-U-R-A. And it's written by a bunch of guys. It's a compilation. Their names are Joshua Foer, Dylan Turas, and Ella Morton. Um, it's 
it is such an entertaining read. Matt was like trying to wrap his mind around it. He wasn't as thrilled about it as I was. He's like, is this just a coffee book? I'm like, it's an atlas. Like it is what it says it is. He's like, so did you just read through it A to B? I was like, no, you like you go to it if you're going on a trip. So the whole book is it goes through pretty much every country in the world. And then it has a section where it goes state by state. And it shows you all of the weird, interesting things that you can uh, visit in that state. Not all of them, but just some of them, because otherwise the book would be gigantic. Um, but uh, there's all kinds of stuff that, like, if you know you're going on a trip and you want to see something a little bit off the beaten trail, you can check check it out. For example, uh, I'm looking at one right now. This one's in Georgia and Atlanta. It's something called the Crypt of Civilization. It was a room that's a sealed time capsule from the 40s that is set to be opened in the year 8113 jeez <laughs> i'm like if the sun hasn't you know dissolved and <laughs> right <laughs> but some of the items that they've thrown in it they're trying to get a snapshot of what american civilization looks like at this time so they have uh, a potato masher a set of false eyelashes male and female mannequins because who knows if humans even like look the same uh, a Kodak camera, dental floss, a Donald, Donald Duck toy, uh, a recording of Hitler, and a, the Gone with the Wind movie script. Nice. Just some like, but like you have a picture of this time capsule. It looks kind of like a little mini museum. Pretty interesting. Uh, and then they also have like fun little weird facts. Like this one's from, because I'm still in Georgia, in Savannah. It says, in Savannah, when a new runway was laid in the Savannah airport in the 1980s, the pre-existing graves of Richard and Catherine Dawson became part of the tarmac. Oh. Their, their two headstones, which lie side by side, flush with the runway, are clearly visible from departing and landing planes. So the next time you fly to Savannah, look out the window for those graves. Now, what I love that you just said is that there are mannequins in this room that are going to give people a picture of what humans look like. Because obviously we look so good. <laughs> Because obviously we look just like mannequins. I don't know the last time you looked at a mannequin and be like, is that a, oh, I thought that was a live model. But no, it's not. I'm hoping they're ones with heads at least so that they're not <laughs> yeah, like, the they didn't have heads in the 1940s. We've evolved so much. <laughs> so great. But it's just a fun read. Like it's, it really is entertaining. Also, if it's you're, got a really cool cover too. So yeah. if you are a buy the book because of the cover book, and you probably already it's own bigger this. than I thought it was. It's like big. I thought it would be like farmer's almanac size. No, this is like a real deal hardcover book. Legit. And if you're too cheap to buy it, I will say that they have a Facebook page with the same name Atlas Obscura, and they post articles about the various locations that are a fun read. So. Awesome. It's going on my wish list again. <laughs> It was on sale. Uh, it might still is be. It, is it not? Was it not? I mean, okay, so that was my question. Is, yeah. is it off sale now? Was I, it Prime Day thing? Was that the sale? I think I got it right after Prime Day, but it was like 10 bucks, which for a oh, big hardcover steel. book is pretty good. It's really cool looking. You guys, you should get it. I'm super, <laughs> I'm jealous right now. Are you a book by, by a book because of the cover kind of person? Because uh, I definitely It would totally am. influence me. Yeah, it does sure. too. I'll, I'll look inside way more than... Something that's not for sure. Yeah, the the tagline is an explorer's guide to the world's hidden wonders. Like, who doesn't want that? Mine is actually somewhat related to yours. Ooh. I did some research, real extensive research. <laughs> you Googled it. Once. <laughs> Top link. Yep. On Kenosha, Wisconsin, hometown of our beloved David Nelson. And, and Brad Pitt. And is that the same place? No, uh, no. Brad Brad Pitt's from uh, from chicken. Missouri. Okay. From, uh, yeah, orange chicken, cashew cashew chicken. Oh, cashew chicken. Home of cashew chicken and Brad Pitt. And what else do you uh, need? Springfield, Missouri. Um, no, Kenosha, Wisconsin sits on the southeast border of Wisconsin. So if you okay. think of like Wisconsin's the fist or the hand or whatever it is, mm -hmm. southeast. 
Um, and uh, it's really close to like Illinois. They have a, a, a train that goes from, from there. So here's, here's some fun things, fun facts about uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. It was incorporated in 1850. It's about 23, or so, sorry, 27 square miles. The city itself is about 100,000 people. So it's actually a little bit smaller than Tri-Cities, but it has some surrounding areas uh, that kind of gets it up to about 150,000 people, which is still, still small. But it is the home of the corporate offices for Jockey International and Snap-On, which is like a like a car auto parts yeah. sort of thing. Um, the so underwear and car parts. Underwear Keeping and it car classy. parts. Keep it classy, Kenosha. That should be like their slogan, man, because it's got the K in there, so you could just do well. Like you, Kardashian you would want to do a bunch of Ks, though, probably. Uh, <laughs> two, no more than two. No more than two. Um, okay, uh, here's the on TripAdvisor.com. Oh, Are you ready for this? The TripAdvisor like, for Tri Cities is depressing enough. I don't want to know. Wait till you see this, right? What if I was traveling to Kenosha? I'm like, I don't know anything about this place. What would be a fun way to spend my one day of my life in Kenosha, Wisconsin? The number one thing to do is Petrifying Springs Park. Might be in the book. It might be petrifying. So they have a bunch of trees that I'm assuming are petrified. Uh, Number two is a museum. Number three is a museum. Number five is a museum. Apparently, they're heavy on museums here. Uh, it does have some lakefront stuff, so you can do that. There's a sculpture walk, another museum. Um, yeah. So, anyways, Dave, uh, Dave, I texted him yesterday uh, because our video cut out a couple times when we were showing it, and I texted people and I said, uh, or I texted Dave and I said that was like everybody's favorite part of the whole show was when your face wasn't on the screen. Oh. <laughs> he laughed real great and said, "Ah, that's hilarious. I'll have to have you come out sometime." And uh, this information right here is not making that trip any any more exciting to me than <laughs> than previously. Uh, I will probably not be going to see Petrifying Springs. Is it in the book? She's looking it up in the no, book. No, right it's not. It's not one of the ones mentioned. There <sighs> is a. Can you believe that? There's a petrified forest right outside the Tri Cities, though. Really? I had Leah Marcus went and saw it, and she's like, "Is it bad that the best thing about it was the gift shop?" <laughs> she's like, "The gift shop had beautiful things. The actual uh, petrified forest was kind of a, a letdown." Want there you go. Awesome. Well, it's boat race weekend, everybody. So that means that uh, Margo's going to be out baking in the sun on Friday, Ek Saturday, no. and Sunday. One hundred no. plus degrees. Nope. Bunch of hydroplanes going around in circles. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm actually taking Grayson camping. We're doing a little father son camp trip with uh, Corey and Levi and Philip and Grady. So oh, pray for us while we're adorable. out there. Yeah, it should be fun. It's like an Adam Sandler film oh, in the dude, making. It's totally, we should take a GoPro and just film this thing. Because those three <laughs> boys wandering around in the woods, it's going to be nuts. So who's M. Sandler? Who's Kevin Hart? Who who's Chris Rock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, coming back and then uh, going to do the, the boat race thing. So one service this Sunday, if you're listening and you are in town, uh, we always cancel our second service on boat race weekend. Um, because Sunday is like boat race day. And uh, anyway, we did one like five years ago, six years ago, and it was... And since we don't have AC, down. we're no competition. No for, competition. Like I could be sweating and listening to Brett or sweating and munching on a corn dog and watching boats yeah, fly by. Exactly. Uh, so go check it out. there. If you don't know anything about boat races, there's only like seven races, seven hydroplane races in the nation. Like that. that's that's how limited the, the sport has become. 
and uh, it's the Tri Cities is one of them, and it's it's typically like their their biggest race because of some of the access to it, the the support that they get from the community. There's more people that come out for this one than than most other cities that that actually do this, and we're one of the smallest cities to host, but people travel all over to do it because the access on both sides of the river is unique. Most of the time, it's off of a off of a shore, and so it's only one side of things, and so you can fit a lot more people this way. So, um, as as fun as we kind of make it sound it's actually a really cool experience if you've never gone and seen it or if you're from out of town you should check out the boat races <laughs> she's rolling her eyes i'm gonna need like a blackout <sighs> parasol a portable fan <laughs> I can't, yeah i can't i yeah. can't <laughs> yeah cool all right that'll do it for this week's episode of say something interesting whatever it is that uh, takes up the rest of your week enjoy it have a great time stay cool out there everybody we'll see you next week for another episode of say something interesting peace out peace out